Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. I'm Nicole Bisbee, and I'm Being Boss. Today, we're talking about the journey of a maker business and being boss with a baby with Nicole Bisbee. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. Hey bosses, it's summertime, and if your business is anything like a lot of ours, it's slowing down a little bit and you want to enjoy your summer days. FreshBooks is here to help. Did you know that people are spending up to 192 hours a year working on administrative tasks? That's a lot. And FreshBooks can help you reclaim up to two days of that time by helping you invoice faster and accept payments faster and send out notifications on your behalf. FreshBooks has a ton of automated features that are going to save you so much time. Check it out at freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section to try it for free. Oklahoma native Nicole Bisbee, founder of Shop Bisbee, has always had a love of international travels and artisan goods. Bisbee Candles' humble start happened unintentionally. Nicole's hand-poured candles, which started as a hobby, started to catch the eye of friends and local businesses. With a focus on natural ingredients, exotic fragrances, minimalist packaging, and 5% back to nonprofits, the side hustle landed in Whole Foods OKC. The Bisbee brand has grown to include artisan goods Nicole and her family curate during their summers in Morocco. Leading the way were custom-designed leather bags and vintage rugs. Always learning and growing, Nicole is consistently pushing the hobby-turned-company to new heights. Nicole, we're so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I might call you Bisbee here and there because that's what I call you in my head. So we're friends, IRL. We don't see each other often, but we know each other. And anytime I run across your candles in West Elm, Whole Foods, all the places, I'm just on the internet, so proud and excited for you. And I'm so excited to bring you on the show to talk about your story as a maker making candles who has defeated all the odds of everyone telling you that you can't have a business (laughs) doing this. So let's start by talking about your path to becoming an entrepreneur, because whenever I first met you, you were working a day job, a really cool day job, but a day job nonetheless. So tell us about that. Yes. So I, I've, I started just doing it for fun. Um, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. It was never on my radar to have my own business. Um, I was just working a day job and wanted something fun to give for Christmas presents. Um, and so I traveled a lot. I've always traveled a ton. Um, and I was thinking, how cool would it be if I could give my family and my friends a Christmas present that smelled like um, Italy or smelled like, you know, some really cool place I had traveled to. I had just gotten back from living in South America in Uruguay. And so I thought, man, I would love to give a candle that smelled like the ocean um, in, you know, Montevideo. And so that's kind of how it started. And I ruined like the first 25 I made. It was awful. My kitchen was a wreck. There was just wax everywhere. I remember thinking the landlord is going to I'm keep all my deposit. I'm never going to get anything back. It's ruined. Um, At that and, point, were you like, I should have just bought them some candles? Totally. <laughs> and, and, I, and my dad was like, 
are you going to catch it on fire? And I'm like, well, technically, I, they're going to burn, but hopefully in <laughs> in the glass. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, I people always think that it takes this large amount of skill to make candles. It doesn't. I mean, you can, I mean, anybody can do it. And that's kind of what I loved about it is I love to just play around with it. Um, of course, getting them to burn evenly and making an awesome product is a whole nother side to it. But I just wanted something fun as gifts. Um, and so then I gave them all away, uh, family and friends. And then the next year I started getting questions in like September, like, Hey, are you gonna make those candles again? Are you, are we getting those candles again? And everybody kept asking for them. And I, and I was like, Oh, you, you burned them. You didn't just like throw it away. I like assumed in my head, everyone said, Oh, how sweet. And just kind of like threw it in the trash, you know, like some old banana bread, <laughs> like thanks, Marianne, we don't need this. And they just toss it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so I started getting requests. And, um, and so I was like, okay, people are liking this. And I remember the requests like, hey, can you make me a candle again for Christmas? Or was it, hey, can you make me some candles that I can gift to my friends? It started, so at the time I was managing a fitness studio when I first started playing around and my awesome boss at the time, um, I don't know, can I give shout outs to the business or the business owners? I don't know. I don't know. Bar three, OKC um, and Andrea Mason, she placed the first order um, for her friends. And that was really the first time that I ever had anybody buy, you know, an order from me or place an order to give away. And I remember just thinking like, this is cool, you know, and, and the whole time. So the whole time I was Instagramming. So I am a huge proponent of social media and, um, personal branding. Um, I followed you, Kathleen, for a long time and I've, I've learned your tricks of the trade and, and you've got to put yourself out there and let people know what you're doing. And I was just doing it for fun. Um, just, Hey, I made this, isn't it cool? And, and so after I sent off, I think the order was for like 12 maybe. And I thought it was the the coolest thing on earth. I was making candles, you know, I was at the time, I think I was even like spray painting the bottoms gold or something <laughs> in my apartment with no windows open. <laughs> All sorts of smells going on in your apartment. And what I want our listeners to really grab onto are those very first sales, because I will never forget mine. Some of my very first clients, even some of my very first blog followers, Emily included, have been lifelong friends. And it just takes one person buying your thing. Just one to start an entire business. So don't ever take it for granted, the idea of starting small and and hang on to that enthusiasm of that first buy for as long as you can. Yes. Well, and, and, you know, so after that started, then I got a new job and I started, um, you know, getting kind of busy. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm just going to take candles off for a while. But then the orders kept coming because then the friends that she'd given it to, they wanted them. And, and so I was like, okay, I guess I need a website. And so I started Googling how to make a website. I had no money I, at the time. I mean, I was just, I, I was buying, I think like $50 of product at a time because that's all I could afford. And then I would, you know, turn around and sell it. And I was like, how much can I sell this for? And I remember just asking friends like, 
how much would you pay for this? <laughs> you know, just so I could make a profit and keep buying boxes of wax. Um, and so, you know, eventually I got to where I could order bigger quantities, but it really did. It started with three people. And one of those was my dad and it was amazing. And, uh, and it, it really, Instagram was so much fun with that because everybody would see it and like it. And it didn't have to be some beautifully curated professional photograph. Um, and that's what I, I like to share with people that come to me and say, oh, you know, you've built this, you know, candle company. How did you do it? You know, how did you afford it? And I'm like, I spent no money. It was Instagram. Um, and I just was taking pictures in my dirty kitchen of wax and candles and having fun. <laughs> I love that. And but at some point, like hanging out on Instagram and making candles like small batches at a time, which is a total hipster thing, like totally. small batch candles for life. Totally. Um, at what point, though, did you decide to make this side hustle or like yeah. this sort of creative free for all and see what happens into an actual full time gig? Yeah. Um, okay. So are you guys a fan of Flight of the Concords? Do you remember oh that show? Oh, my God. Jemaine makes me... <laughs> It gives me feelings, <laughs> and I'm I'm pointing to my crotch right now. I am so hot for Jermaine. I love. I, I have it on DVD. If you need to borrow it. Oh my gosh! I had a um, part-time model in my Instagram handle. That's what I'm going to bring up. Okay, so okay, that is my reference, Kathleen. That is hilarious. Sorry if I'm screaming. Uh, so I I have it written here because I didn't want to forget to mention this. So. Uh, again, I was working full-time and I was also teaching fitness classes. So I was working full-time and I had a part-time job and I was making candles. And I kept thinking of the song Jermaine sings, girl, you're so sexy. You could be a part-time model, but don't quit your day job. (laughs) Okay. If you don't know it, go to Google and Google this song. It's amazing. Because Um, anytime Emily and I have a photo shoot for being boss or I'll I'll model for shop goods sometimes just for fun. If Kathleen's just looking in the mirror. Right. Part-time model. Part-time model. That song goes through my head all the time. And I feel like no one ever gets the joke when I tell them I'm a part-time model. They don't. (laughs) Kathleen, I'm so glad we could connect on this. I... That that's my favorite, and I think of that a lot with starting small businesses, and that is what I always thought of: is you know, be a part time model. You don't want to be a full time model. You gotta. But you're a full time model, candle maker. I am now. now. I am now, and and I also you know. So the transition, as you ask Emily, getting back to answering that um, quick flight of the Concords break there. Um, it, it really happened uh, because I was transitioning um, from a job. Um, actually, the job that I had was it, it, it was being sold. The business was being sold. So it was either find a new job or see if I could make it as a professional full-time candle maker. Um, and my husband is nuts and supported the idea. Um, nuts by, I mean, wonderful. Um, and, and so I have to say that too, that if it would have just been, you know, like me living on my own, I could not have done it. And I think that that's something that I always like to share with people that, you know, I'm, I'm not independently wealthy and it's not making tons of money. So, um, definitely it was really nice to be able to have a spouse, uh, that could make sure that, you know, every month we, we had lights on and, uh, but also, so I know your husband, Muhammad, and he yes. was one of my professors in college. So he's a professor. It's not like, I mean, obviously I don't know if there's some sort of 
family situation. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, it's probably a pretty typical income yes, where definitely. you're probably still feeling a little nervous about making that leap, right? Hugely and nervous. Yeah. And you weren't like, okay, well, I'm just going to kind of be a stay-at-home wife slash mom and try and make this work. Like you had goals to make money is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I've been, I I should also mention that I've been profitable since day one. Um, And it it hasn't been, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I am proud of, but I've also been debt free. Um, So I, I loved the podcast you all did about money and, you know, tracking and budgeting. Um, My husband has a budget, like a spreadsheet, and he is obsessive about it. And I knew if I was going to go into this and I was going to convince him that I should not get a full-time job and I should do candles, I was going to need a spreadsheet. And so I I really... love that. Yeah. I needed a spreadsheet. He's a spreadsheet guy. So he <laughs> wanted to see it. He is very type A. And of course he doesn't micromanage, but I, I needed it for myself too. And so I didn't go out and, you know, um, spend a bunch of money on, um, branding or any of that. However, I will say that I did eventually, um, I, I got there. And so I, I, I'm glad that I did it the way I did. I took it slow to make sure that people were kind of, you know, buying what I was putting out, uh, sniffing what I was smelling, if you will. Uh, and so I waited and then I made those investments. So, um, it, and it was really tight for a while because it, it was buying in bulk to save in the long term. Um, but it, it definitely paid off in the end to take it slow, at least for me, um, you know, with the company. And, and then that way I could not have this debt in the back of my mind, like you owe the bank $50,000 or whatever it is. Right. Because I remember you had even approached me about branding and you were like, whoa, way out of the budget. And our branding package isn't super expensive, but I feel like so many people, I want to actually come back to the branding thing and spray painting the bottoms of your candles gold. Because I, and I remember telling you, at least I hope I told you at the time that it's not a big deal. Like what you've got is beautiful and it's working and the candle itself is the brand. And really the logo is the icing on the cake. So you did tell me that. And I, and I appreciated that because I was so scared because you guys were like my dream. Like I remember thinking when I get big enough, I'm going to hire Braid Creative and they're going to do all my stuff. And it just, Kendall's wasn't making enough money to for me to look at my spreadsheet and say, hey, let me allocate, you know, one fourth of my income or whatever. It was like, hey, let me go buy some groceries. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that you made a smart move there and you did end up going with our friend Chris Castro. So yes. shout out to Chris because he's such an amazing designer. And whenever people don't go with us, I'm always like, Chris is your guy. So the logo is beautiful. It's kind of like a Moroccan hand. What's it called? It's a hamsa. Hamsa. It's beautiful. Thank you. Anyway, but going back to the initial labels, like they were still, you had good taste and good style. And I think that you knew well enough to keep it simple. Like if you couldn't go all out to keep it really simple. So it's almost like a typewriter in all caps. And it just said, you know, Bisbee candles and then maybe the scent on it. 
And then that maybe I like wrote. a number, like a number batch. <laughs> yeah, that you hand wrote. Probably because you printed them all at once. I didn't print so, them. I stamped them. Oh my gosh. I had oh, a little. Oh, that's I had even a, better. Oh yeah. I hand had a, stamped, hand poured small batch candles. Oh yeah. You could, I, you could charge like 80 bucks a pop for these I, things. I, I should have. I should have. I mean, and, and hand hot glued. Uh, they oh, weren't even wonderful. stickers. They were hot glued. Um, and. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, um, and but I'm so glad. I, I love that I had no idea what I was doing because I had so much fun. Um, and th- I mean, I would stay up until 3 a.m. making candles. I mean, if you ask me to do that now, I, I don't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> I stay up till 3 a.m. with my baby, but that's it. <laughs> right. And so, so the candles, you started small. So this is the other thing I'm going to talk about was yeah. starting small. I actually have a lot of admiration right now for Kylie Jenner of all people. I don't know if I've even talked about this on the podcast yet. I think you have, but feel have free to do it again. I'm going to talk about <laughs> her again. And it's not necessarily her that I like, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know her personally, so I'm not going to make any commentary on her as a person. But the Kylie Lip Kits, I think, was genius. I feel like this girl has all the resources available to her to launch with a full makeup line. And she launched with three things and made it this really like in-demand product. And I thought that that was so genius, just really starting small. And my hope is that she started small because she was like, I want to perfect this thing and then move on to the next. Or that someone was telling her to do this. I like to think in my heart that it was her, like this is the way to go, but probably not. Hopefully, you know, I, I feel like I, I perhaps or it, it's a, you know, her agent that said, hey, let's do this. Someone had a genius idea, whether someone. it was her or someone exactly. on her payroll. But you yeah, launched yeah, exactly. with how many cents did you launch with? Uh, One? By, like, by launch, do you mean my pictures I was posting on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, the pictures that you were posting, the first pictures that you were posting, what scent were um, those candles? Okay, I had Toasted Fig, which I still have and is probably the bestseller. And then I had Balinese Temple, which I no longer make names that complicated and long. Uh, But uh, and then I had Uruguayan Embers. um, And so they were all travel inspired. And and I actually kind of got away from that. But now I'm coming right back to that because I I've now hit over three years of doing business and I, you know, started to look back at where I started and, you know, I realized that I needed to make sure I was still incorporating the travel because that is a big part of our lives. We spend our summers in Morocco and we go to Asia every year and we just, we love to travel. And so I wanted to make sure that my company was reflecting that and the candles and the scents and the fragrances. So to answer your question, I think it was three. (laughs) Just like Kylie's lip kit. Just like Kylie's lip kit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I want to go into a little bit of the making process. Yeah. And I bet Emily's really curious about that too. I am. Emily made some candles for Christmas. I did did the the, the Christmas candle making this past season where um, I always like making gifts too. And last year it was candles. Kathleen got some of my first batch and she told me, she was like, Emily, this candle is burning weird. And... (laughs) She showed it to me, and it really, really was. Some of my later candles were much better. I'm excited about hearing about how you make candles. Okay, yes. but Emily's candle smelled really great. It was incredibly potent. Like, the fragrance A was lot. potent. And so whenever good. I open it, but it was good. 
I'm not, you know, it was good, but I opened the candle and I was eating a bowl of oatmeal at the time. And I opened the candle because I think I didn't know quite what it was. Like, I didn't know what was inside this tin. I thought it could be anything, chocolates for all I knew. So I opened it and I happened to open it over this bowl of oatmeal and a tiny little crumb of the candle falls into the bowl of oatmeal and my entire, my entire bowl of oatmeal now tasted like this candle. So that was my experience with Emily's candle. Right. I wanted you to have a full experience. I'm glad that I gave that to you. But, okay, but Emily is, like, on point with her crafts. Like, they look – I think that everything you do as an artist looks really good. So I was really surprised whenever it didn't burn perfectly. Like I'm I was not, surprised, but you know, I'm not trying I'm to not talk surprised. shit on I'm you. Not. I'm just saying that maybe it's not as easy as Bisbee is acting like it is to make a candle. So I want to hear it's, about your creative process of like how do you come up with your scents and how do you ensure such a quality product? Because I feel like since day one, I always have one of your candles in my home, and I feel like since day one, they just are perfection from fragrance to um the way that they burn all of it yeah Kathleen thank you that makes Mm -hmm. me feel so I I still you know going going back to the beginning like I still sometimes I'm surprised to hear like that people like have them in their homes I'm like you do you know I get get every time I get giddy I'm like you do you like them you do just you know it's 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 a piece of me and and when you and you're a maker like literally it's it's a piece of you in their home um and and so I love that I love to hear that people love them and that gift them and and I never get tired of people telling me that because it makes me happy because I've spent hours perfecting it in hours thinking about it you know I I looked at the hours that I I've worked and I'm sure it's been 60 plus a week. And it's funny because if you think of like in the beginning, of course, and and now I, I have an employee who's amazing. Her name's Abby. Shout out to Abby holding down the fort, making candles uh, while, while I was out, you know, having a baby. Uh, <laughs> while I was birthing the child. And we'll um, start talking about that next. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll talk to baby. Talk about baby. Well, okay. So the reason I think my candles burn well um is because I use all natural ingredients. I started when I was making candles, part of the reason I wanted to make them because I read an article about paraffin candles and about candles being toxic in your home. Um, And I started doing the research and I really did find out that, you know, the cheap candles you find, you know, at, you know, Target or wherever, they're cheap for a reason. Um, You're not getting quality ingredients. So I use only soy. Uh, It's U.S. grown soy. Uh, essential oils, um, which can get really pricey at, on some. Uh, so I use essential oils and fine fragrance. Um, and then just a cotton wick. That's it. I mean, that's all that goes into it. Um, obviously, but are you like breaking bad over there? Like getting the perfect temperature? Yes. Do you see this behind me? Pour? Um, I know. That's why I asked. So <laughs> you guys can't see it. But behind Nicole are like racks. It looks like baking racks with candles on it. And then there are different like almost pots and pans hanging from. There's my machine, my wax. Oh, melter. yeah. I mean, it looks like you're cooking meth back there. I, I joke. I did an Instagram story one time. And I had like um, some wax in my hand and I had all my stirs and I was like, meth or candles? Nobody knows. (laughs) 
thought it would be uh, a good yes. front with the fragrance and everything. Oh, totally, totally. Officer, I'm not. I'm not condoning this yes. at all. Right. But. Also, says a bunch of chicks who probably have no idea what the <laughs> meth making or smelling process looks like. After I watched so, Breaking Bad, I legit thought I was an expert. I was like, convinced yeah. that my neighbor was cooking meth. He probably really was. Every time I saw an RV, I was like, "Mm-hmm, uh-huh. I know what's That's- going on in there." We know. We all know. We're, we know. Uh, yes. So, yes, we are. We, we, we call it, you know, science class. I joke with Abby. I'm like, we got to go all science class over here because you have to do the proportions. And with every fragrance, it's a little different because, um, like you said about Emily's candle, um, you know, perhaps that fragrance just had a really strong throw and you wouldn't need to add that much. You need less of that. I don't even that. know what you mean by throw. I love Ex- that. Well, hey, hey you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's. It is. It's it's science, and I hated science growing up, which is hilarious. And it's it's math, and I can barely do math. My husband makes fun of me because when I have to count, I'm like one, two, three. Where's my toe? Four, five. <laughs> so it it is math, and it is science. Um, but once you perfect it, at least uh, once I perfected it with the proportions to the glass, to the pour, to the heat. Um, then that, I can get really creative with the scents. And uh, that is what I love. I love to just come in, put on some good music, jam out, and come up with some fragrances. Um, generally, they are travel travel scents. Sometimes they're just custom scents. I've been working on a really cool fragrance for um, the Jones Assembly, the new place that's opening up here in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've been using black pepper and whiskey and cardamom and cedar, and it is just manly, and it is just, it's out of this world. We've had so much fun making it. I love that. Yeah. So we do that. All right. Have you had any, like, maker fails? Like, have you ever had a batch of candles that just cost you everything? Yes. Yes. My first large custom candle order. So I do a lot of for boutiques and different stores. They call and they say, hey, we want to get a custom fragrance. And I believe they ordered like 200 candles. And this time I was in my garage. I didn't have the space that I have here. Um, And it was really cold. And once I poured the candles, they were warm. And then I went to bed and I came in the next day and it had separated in the middle. So like the wax was all disjointed. There was all these holes and it was like a hundred, no, a hundred candles, um, which was hundreds of dollars of product. Um, oh. Yeah. So I, I cried, I cried and cried and I swore I was going to give up and never do it again. Um, but I did, of course. <laughs> okay. I can only imagine... You can cut that, but Jesus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and there's ways to fix like two or three candles. Like you can – it's like a a big blow dryer kind of thing. But you can't do that with like a 100 candles. I mean, I – it was it was awful. I mean, then I learned I need a studio space, and so I finally found a space that was temperature monitored because it wasn't working in the garage. (laughs) Okay, so do you have any other questions about the process of making candles, Emily, like the creative process? Because I want to dig into the business side of things. No, I think I'm good. I uh, I think I've wrapped up my tenure as a candle maker. <laughs> you can call um, me, Emily. You right, can call we'll me. Do. We'll Please. do, except for maybe very personal reasons. But oh, I did have one we'll more get something question. else next year for Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'll give you not the first batch. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, why don't you send it to me after you've perfected it? <laughs> Will do. Will um, do. Okay, so I did have a question, though, about yeah. that first candle you made. Did you watch a YouTube video? And then what have you done to continue your education and hone your craft? Um, so, yes, I watched a YouTube video. Um, actually, it was – I think it, there's like a, a soap one, and she has her own YouTube. But she's called like Soap Queen or something. And, and so I found it through the soap. Um, and I'm sure there are a whole lot better videos now. This was, what, five years ago when I first started making candles. And so it was just some like old lady in her kitchen. <laughs> and she, you know, she was like, and then you put the wax. And then, and, and it was adorable and sweet. And um, yes. And so to hone the craft, we've just really, I say we because Abby um, now is here and she's helping me make all of the orders. I could not survive without her. Um, and we, we learn every day, um, every day and every fragrance is a little different. And so with the essential oils, we have to be careful because if you heat the wax too hot, it will burn off the essential oil. And like I said, it's really pricey. So that's, that's a scary thing to do. I'm like, Abby, don't burn the product up. Don't burn it up. <laughs> it's like full circle with your dad. Is it yes, going to burn? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So I want to get into the business side of things and get a really clear picture, if you don't mind sharing, of like how your business has grown. So maybe we even start from today like how many candles are you making a day? You're in Whole Foods, you're in West Elm, you might have things working with other brands too. Like, so let's start at where you're at. Tell us about how successful you are right now. And then let's work backwards from there to see how you got there from like that in your kitchen to then the garage to then your own place to having an employee. Like I want to hear the whole story. Definitely. Okay. So right now I'm in every Whole Foods in Oklahoma. Um, and I'm working on getting uh, regional status where I would be in Texas and I think New Mexico. Um, it's a lot of paperwork, uh, a lot, a lot of paperwork. Um, and and I always, you know, I, I kind of think that that's the funniest part of it too because I hate the paperwork. I love making the product, making it pretty, taking a picture. But 90% of what I do now is making phone calls, emails, and doing paperwork. Um, and, and that's, and that's kind of how I got to where I did is I was organized and I really made sure that I was calling people and I was looking for a good fit. So, um, for example, with Whole Foods, um, they found me, um, which was kind of cool. Um, I got an email and they said, Hey, we saw you on LinkedIn. It was, it was a person working locally and they said, you should submit it. Um, okay, I literally thought that creatives did not need LinkedIn until right now. Oh, they need LinkedIn. They need it. And I've, I, I'm shouting it from the rooftops <laughs> because I didn't think I needed LinkedIn either. And then I got Whole Foods through LinkedIn. So get your LinkedIn. Use it. Um, I So from there, it was – um, a series of paperwork, paperwork. And I really learned how to be persistent and when to be persistent. Um, you know, I, I had everything finished and the person I was working with actually moved to a different position. And so I kind of got mixed in the, like in the filing, right? So I was what's called an approved vendor, but I wasn't in the stores yet. And so I had already been really excited and told everybody, I'm in Whole Foods. And I really wasn't yet, um, but I, I was. 
And it was really a year. It took a year from the time that they said, yes, your product is great. We want to buy it um, to them actually placing their first order. It was a year. Okay. So what's really interesting about that story as a consumer is I remember you saying, I'm in Whole Foods. And then a year later being like, okay, now I'm actually in Whole Foods. Exactly. And it didn't feel like a year at all. So like that may have felt like an epic flub to you, but it It was no big deal from my side of things, at least. That's good to know. Just throwing that out there. And for anyone who ever feels like, ah, like why am I always saying things? That's probably me. I'm always saying things. Like, <laughs> I am, we have yes. a book and there is no printed book yet. So maybe yeah, I should yeah. stop saying it. <laughs> but you know, but I, but I, on the other hand, I feel like, so with your book, doesn't that make you work extra hard? You're like, I told people, so I better do this shit. <laughs> totally. And I think that is the power in sharing as you go is that it really does hold you accountable to your customers and to your followers on Instagram and whoever is looking at you and your work. And I think that there's something about whenever you put it out there that people's energy like almost like they're giving you good vibes to make it happen or they're excited about it and that kind of fuels you as well well and I I've had so much um love from the Oklahoma City community and uh, you know all my friends outside of Oklahoma City but everybody locally when they heard anything about my candles I they would just come up to me and say I love your candles I love what you're doing so supportive. And I can't say that about a lot of communities. Um, I feel like there's, I, I know that I follow some blogs and some other entrepreneurs and I don't feel like they have a community like we do here. And Oklahoma doesn't have the best of everything always. Um, as we both know, Kathleen, uh, I feel like we've like Instagrammed <laughs> each other our escape routes. <laughs> we, we, we both, I think, uh, would, would love to, um, potentially be somewhere else eventually. Uh, but I have to say that the, I couldn't ask for a better community here uh, to be supportive and to really follow through. Cause there's one thing to actually just like on your phone, like, oh, I like that picture, but to literally Go order, go to the website, place an order, go to the West Elm pop-up shop, buy from me. And I have had nothing but love here. And it's it's been awesome, awesome. So I'm really grateful for that. Okay. So how many candles are you making a day? A day. You know, it, it Or it, it a depends. week or like whatever your metrics are. You know, we should be tracking that, Kathleen. Um, I'm calling you out here. You're calling me out. But we do you really think should. it's like thousands? Like are you making – like 30,000 candles a month. Is that an insane number? No, that is an insane number. Um, no, but we, I would say we probably average 50 a day, um, candles a day, probably maybe depending. I mean, from September to February, it's closer to a hundred a day, uh, because holiday is insane. That is our biggest time, obviously, uh, for candles. Um, and, and every year it, it almost, doubles. So since I started, it's like, okay, more orders. Okay, more orders. Um, so that, that's that been really wonderful. Um, obviously, I'd love to have even more. So hopefully um, we can do that. But it, it in the summer, you know, candles isn't, they're not as popular. People don't burn as many candles. Um, also, it's kind of hard to ship candles in the summer. Um, I get a little worried when people want to place a heart, wholesale order for like you know, 85 candles. And I'm like, it may or may not be melted when they get there. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah. yeah. And so how many stores are you in right now? Do you know? We're in about 
40 different stores, 40 to 50. And is that um, regional or all over the place? All, all over. We have uh, one in La Jolla. Uh, we have one in Fayetteville. We have one in New Jersey. Um, they're just kind of sprinkled all over. Um, and, and that's what's been fun. I've loved to get to meet different people and find out how they found me and how we've connected. I've done little reaching out to stores, to be honest. It's been all through Instagram and really just finding brands that I liked, following them. They follow me and it, we connected. Um, I'm a big proponent on finding other businesses that reflect your brand and working from there. Uh, I, I don't want to- I love that. Like just collaboration is yes. where it's at. And I feel like that's something special about the Oklahoma City community as well. And obviously it's all I know because it's where I live. But I feel like all the stores and shops and creatives and artists here are all helping each other out. Like they're all giving each other tips and advice and numbers and- Everyone just understands that whenever they can create a community of, you know, locals who are supporting local, that it does good for everybody. Yes, definitely. And and I've had uh, just, I've had great luck locally, but I've even had luck, you know, the people that I sell to in California and in New Jersey, um, you know, it was just a good fit. And so I learned you know, there's a store in Dallas that I've always thought was so cool and would be a good fit. And I have harassed them and they never return my phone calls, emails. I sent them a box of samples and I just learned it's, you, you can't win them all and it's okay. And I think, I wouldn't call that a failure, but you know, it's learning when to be persistent and knowing when to just move on. Um, And you know, you're going to feel so boss in five years whenever they email you and they're like, we heard about your candles. We'd love to carry you. And you're going to be like, hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Nicole, you are a new mom. How old is your son? He is seven months old. Oh my gosh. He's so cute. Your photos of him on Instagram... I mean, I sent you a message the other day saying, like, I think my baby's cute and don't tell him this, but your baby's the cutest. <laughs> he is I, so cute. His little smile. He's a ham. You know, he is the sweetest baby throughout the day and he is adorable, but like he turns into a werewolf at night. <laughs> I don't I don't know if this has something to do with his like um, extrovert personality. He hates sleeping. He hates it. Um, and he, I feel you. Yes. We're in the, we're in the mom's, uh, what is that? The mommy support group. Oh yeah. Uh, and I refuse to join mommy support groups until (laughs) two years in whenever he still wasn't sleeping. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He still wasn't sleeping at two. Um, and I was like, I need, I need help. But then those support groups did not prove to be helpful because everyone's kid is sleeping by two except mine. I know. And mine. Okay. So Yes. And, and that, I agree with the mommy support groups. I actually have jokingly said, I don't want to be any, in anything with the name mom in it. Um, and I am a mom, um, but it always just feels, it's just odd that, that I don't know. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So you You are a mom boss. We, I want to know about how you took maternity leave and it sounds like that's maybe when you hired your employees. So tell us how you set that system up and what it's like being a working mom. Like what is your situation? Yeah. So in August, I um, got an email from a girl that was looking for some part-time work. And um, we had talked 
a year before, um, and she was busy, and then she was reconnecting with me in August, and I said, yes, let's meet up. I'm about to have a baby. Um, I was due in September, and uh, I believe my due date was like September 29th or something, and so I met with her on the 2nd of September, and then I trained her two times, and then my baby came early. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, so then what? So then she took over. She's amazing. I, she I mean, really did. She just like picked she, it up. So we, thank goodness, had two solid days of just candle making training. Here's the process. I gave her all my notes, um, you know, my mad scientist notes uh, of sense. We have no like digital. This is hilarious. I I may be able to show you guys. It's literally my chicken scratch on post-it notes. And those are like my fragrances. And they're just like all over. Like take to the walls. This is your homework. You need to get (laughs) your systems on a cloud. Because if your place burns down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think Abby Abby did that. I, I believe she said hey, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So I, I believe it is somewhere, but I still, when I'm in here, I use the chicken scratch notes. I love I'm, it. I'm a crazy person. So so it was it was trial by fire with her. I had these grand ideas of, you know, training her, all the processes and all of this and all that. And then we got two full trainings and uh, thank goodness she knew how to make the candles. I didn't really train her on, you know, website orders and get her an email set up or any of that stuff. So um, thank goodness people are nice. Let's just say, can we get a shout out to people? Right. Like just nice, nice people. people. <laughs> I think more shout outs need to be made to nice people for sure. <laughs> Legit just, shout out to all the nice folks in the just world. Just kind, thoughtful people because I had had a few orders the week that Mallet came and I just responded from my smartphone, you know, hey, I just had a baby. I'm going to forward these to Abby, my my new employee, and I think she's going to take care of it. Let me know if she doesn't. And and it, it all worked out. It, it, it did. And so then, obviously, after that, we really did some full training and got her geared up. Um, but it was trial by fire for us. I mean. Okay. But did hiring a new employee, I always think that it feels a lot like quitting the day job. Like it feels like another leap. And I don't think enough people talk about that whenever it comes to that first hire, especially a full-time hire. So did she start off full-time and were you freaking out? Like I'm going to not have to pay myself for a while or did you save up for your maternity leave? Like what was that like? Um, I wish I would have saved up for my maternity leave. I, I think I was in a denial that I wasn't going to be able to come in and make candles the whole pregnancy I worked. I'm also in school. I don't know if you knew that. So I'm oh, getting an didn't. MBA. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. And so I'm in school. And so I'm in school, have the business, and I'm pregnant. And I just kind of was in den- denial that I couldn't just keep doing that after he came. Like, I can just bring him to work. I got a Solly baby wrap. Just wrap that baby. We can do this. Um but yeah, you know, no, it's, it's not. Okay. So yeah. I want to talk about the MBA then for a second. Yeah, do you yeah. feel like you needed to get that in order to do business or tell me more about your decision to go back to school? Because Emily and I are constantly like, you don't need a business degree to do business. So what made you decide to get a business degree? Um, I definitely think you don't need a business degree to do business. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, it. It was a decision we made 
because my husband teaches at the university and we get a sweet discount. Yeah. <laughs> so you were like, I might as well just take advantage of this. Exactly. And if I'm going and, and to major it, in anything, it might as well be business. Yeah. Well, I, well, it's, you know, I have my undergraduate is in international relations and I knew nothing about business and I never meant to be an entrepreneur. And so I think that I needed something. And I really thought, hey, you know, I'll take a few business classes and see if I like it. And I loved them. And it was so much fun. Um, And so I thought, hey, I'll get the MBA. And, you know, maybe down the road, I can, um, you know, help other people with their small businesses. Um, That would be something I would love to do long term. I'm still growing this. My, you know, my firstborn is Bisbee Candles. My secondborn is my son. Uh, But I, I love the, I love getting, I love going to class. I love learning. Um, I don't think any of it isn't stuff you couldn't learn by doing the work, as you say, um, or by Google search. Uh, I, it's just, it's all about doing it, just reading it and following through. It, it's not, there's no secrets. They don't, they don't, you know, have you come in and wear cool hats and they're like, and now you're a business person. Uh, you know, it's, right. it's, I'd go if they let me wear cool hats. Right. I Personally. Mean, when you graduate, you wear a cool hat, but yeah, I want one every day. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to your son really quick though. Cause, yeah. um, you had him, had him early. Yes. Um, but what's happening now? So yeah. you said he's seven months old. Yes. I really had this romantic idea that I would be able to work from home or bring him here while I made candles um, and that it would be easy. And it really was when he was under three months old uh, because I really could just strap him to me um, and do everything. Um, at about four months old, though, as you guys are both nodding your heads, um, that you you can't. That I mean, at least I could not. It was, I would bring him to work and I joke, I'm like, yeah, I brought him to work so I could change his diapers at work. Um, (laughs) I didn't work. I just changed his diapers at work. (laughs) Right. Um, So we um, have been on list for Mother's Day out. So we eventually just hired a nanny um, and she comes about four times a week and she's amazing. He loves her. Um, and, And so he's with her while I'm working because I cannot work while I have him. And I don't think it's fair to him. And I think that as women, we need to stop trying to be everything. Uh, we can't be. You You can't be the best mom, the best op- entrepreneur, the best daughter, the best friend, the best uh, wife. everything. Wife. <laughs> Spouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still one of those too, Wait, right? We wanted to be that. <laughs> You've got a lot of identities. We and do. yeah, there is this expectation to be everything to everything. everybody at the all same the time. time. Yeah. At, yeah. At the same time. And, and with a smile. Um, right. And, and you <laughs> better look good doing it. Yeah. And you, you better lose all that baby weight while you're doing it too you know and I and I just I I love telling people like yeah we hired a nanny or you know this because I I think that a lot well first of all something that you talked about in a podcast recently was when uh I think it was when you were taking maternity leave and people said well are you going to go back to work uh, you know, and, and it's funny because no one asks husbands that like, I know. Oh, are you going to go back to work? And I and- wish people had been asking me, so are you going to build an empire? Cause right? I would have been like, yes, that's what I'm doing. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's, you know, it's, it is funny. Those, those questions that you get and, you know, of, 
oh, you're going back to work? And it's like, yes, I am. And I'm building something awesome. Uh, and and so it's, it is funny. It, it, and just I think it's questions. well-meaning enough. And I think that, you know, people don't have ill intentions whenever they're asking those questions. And I think especially the region that we live in, it is not super common um, for women to necessarily go back to work. But I want to shift directions a little bit before yeah. we close up this episode and ask yeah. you, what are your biggest goals for, for business? What do you want to do next? What's around the corner? So around the corner is getting into all Whole Foods. That's my goal right now. That is on the radar. Um, I I love doing wholesale. Uh, direct to consumer is how I started, obviously. Um, but I'm finding that it's a lot easier for my business model to shift more into wholesale. Um, it's We can have so much different creativity here. And we will always do direct to consumer, but shifting the business model just a little bit and trying to get into all the Whole Foods and other retailers doing custom fragrances. We love working with salons and stores and just different places that want a custom fragrance and and restaurants and bars. Um, That is so much fun. And we're set up for that. Um, We're actually doing some candles for a store here. I don't think I can say which store, but they used to make their own candles. And then they were like, hey, why don't you just make them for us? And like, I always kind of thought they were kind of like a competitor. Um, And and so when I got this email, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I I just, it was fun. But wait, are you white labeling it for them? Like, is it going to be their brand? It is going to be their brand. Um, Wow. It's going to be their brand. How do you feel about that? I don't care. Um, You don't? I I don't because it's, we're, we're getting paid. um, Okay. But what if I burn that candle and I was like, this is a Bisbee candle. They're ripping her off. Or are you doing like custom fragrances for them? Like how does that work? Yeah. So, well, normally I do custom fragrances. This is the first of like a different, a, a person that had made candles, had a candle company has now come to me because they know that we're set up to do, you know, mass quantities um, and so we will definitely have our name on the bottom label or something oh, gotcha. like poured by, uh, cause I got to get a little bit of cred. Are you having like a lawyer broker that situation? Oh, I should. I'm not saying that you you're, should, but I do think you're that that's right. something that you need to think about a yeah. little bit deeper, like, of yeah. like, what are all the things that could go yeah. wrong with this? Totally. Like, do they now own that fragrance? Yeah. Or, well, it's theirs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that I do that with all custom scents. So if I create one. Like for you, that is yours. But I guess the what I've always felt good about is they don't really know the proportions. They don't know exactly what was in it. So so they I'm, didn't buy the equation to the formula. No, they just bought the because with you. Kathleen kind of freaking out about the notion of white labeling candles yeah. like that for someone else. I love the idea of I it. Think... I love it. But I'm also like, it freaks me out a little. But I, 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 and I think that's good advice too. And I'm, and it's something that we haven't done before. We do a lot. Of, well, that's not true. We do that for a lot of different places, but we always just have um, my sticker on the bottom that says poured by Bisbee. Um, and has, you know, information where to find us. Well, and I, I think the the thing that I want to point out here is that's kind of the difference between being a candle maker and building like a brand where the brand is the clout and the candle isn't. Yeah. If that makes sense. Where you can, where it sounds like you are a candle maker. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like 
what name is on it to some extent, but just the fact that you're able to craft these things. And I think that's such like a great maker mentality. Um, This idea that you're making it and it's going to whoever for whatever reason you just made a really great candle. See, and probably as the branding expert over here, I'm like, I see your You're brand. You know, <laughs> like I see your brand and I don't want your brand to be diluted. And I'm not saying that this is a bad move at all. I'm sure totally. it's great. I think that there's just, for me, a lot of consideration that goes into Because we've been asked to even white label the braid method before for other designers. And I'm like, wow, this could be a really cool licensing opportunity. Yeah. But I don't even really know what that means. And I don't really know what's involved in all of that. And then that has a whole other set of processes because it's a service. But yeah. yeah. But it's anyway. a whole other business model. And, and that's... You know, why we went from, you know, just direct to consumer, just pushing those website orders to doing mass quantities. I guess it's it, it's a quantities question and it's do I want to sell five candles today or do I want to sell 500 candles today? And I would and it's much probably rather. the same amount of work. You know what I mean? I bet the it same is. amount of work kind of goes into five versus 500, like once you're set up for it. Definitely. And to have just one client ordering 500 candles versus one client ordering one candle, like it totally makes sense from a business standpoint yes um and at the end of the day it's going to the consumer who's going to love your candles so let's go ahead and wrap this up i want to hear when you feel most boss or an instance when you felt most boss well i i kind of joke that like some days i feel like like super mom awesome and then the other days i feel like like a piece of crap um i think the days that i feel most boss like you know i wake up feed the kid get my to-do list out crush some emails, come in, make some candles, ship out some orders, and go home and have a good evening. I think when there's balance in it, um, and, and that's when I feel most boss, when I've had a day that I've planned, that I've actually done everything on the list. Um, uh, and and those those days don't always happen. So I, I, say, I don't think I've ever had that day. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, work it, I mean, a day that Emily's guess, like, yeah. that's every day for me. I, I imagine I Emily I like checking days off. And they're beautiful. You guys just need her. older kids. Like you're working <laughs> yes. on it. Trust me. <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, true. Kathleen and I, we're, we're in the trenches right now with the babes. And every day, you never know. It all depends on their mood. Um, you know, we may have a fabulous day and, or it may be like I had one hour of sleep and I'm covered in baby shit and <laughs> I'm late for a meeting and, you know, it's, you just, you, you never know. And so I think that is probably when I feel most boss, when I, when I complete everything I wish to do that day. Love it. All right. Let our listeners know where they can find you. Uh, they can find me at shopbisbee.com or on Instagram at shopbisbee. Thank you Perfect. so Thank much you for so coming much. on the show. I've loved talking to you and hearing more of your story and just even getting to see your face. Yes, I loved it. I'm such a fan. I've followed along since day one. Um, so I've, I've loved it. I really, you guys do an amazing job. I'm so appreciative for the advice and tactics I've learned from listening to the podcast. This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring us. And you guys can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find articles, show notes, and downloads at www.beingboss.club. 
If you're a creative entrepreneur, freelancer, or a small business owner who is ready to take your goals to the next level, check out the Being Boss Clubhouse, a two-day online retreat followed by a year of community support, monthly masterclasses, book club, secret episodes, and optional in-person retreats. Find more at www.beingboss.club slash clubhouse. Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brain. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our Bean counter, David Austin, with support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.